Start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is the remarkable Miss Megan Lee. Lay. Lay. Run it again. Run I'm it sorry. Again. I just, we just had this conversation. Uh, okay. And with us is the remarkable Miss Megan Lay. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to y'all. Yeah, this is fun. We just uh, we just binge watched the first four episodes of uh, Medic Medical Police. Medical Police, the unlikely title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, what? And it's 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 on Netflix right now, and it is. It is a sequel to um, the the Adult Swim comedy Children's Hospital, and I guess it just spins off in another direction entirely, where where some two of the doctors wind up being spies for the CDC. They are opposed by naughty, naughty bad guys, and uh, the naughtiest bad woman of the lot is Agent Tran. Me. Ta-da! I will never look Ta-da. at a paper cut the same way again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that was that was nice. pretty good. No, it, it's like a cross between uh, uh, Police Academy and Airplane. And you said you've never fe- seen the film Airplane. No, I haven't. I'm you like, have a look at that. Or, or or police yeah. squad. It's like where we found out Net Leslie Nielsen, who used to be this this oh. butch leading man, turns out to be intensely funny. And the only yeah. people who knew that before were people who worked with him, apparently. But just okay. it's just a lot of the fast banter and the random weirdness. A yeah. lot like this show, which obviously had you know the writers had some inspiration from it, but uh, they oh, also yeah. had some inspiration for some darn good stunt work. Oh, thanks. How did yeah, you get involved with all event. that? With stunt work specifically? Well, no, I mean, well, how about the show? Well, I was going to oh, show, but we can, we can well, start with, with stunt yeah. work, too. Yeah, well, with Medical Police, it was just a good old-fashioned audition. Um, I'm an actor predominantly, and I have some uh, stunt background. So they were looking for actors who could hold their own and actually doing their own stunts. So that's... Mm-hmm kind of a rarity to tell you the truth because sometimes they'll say an actor who can do their own stunts but they really just want you to be able to move and sell like the close-up so the stunt woman can come in and do her job for reals but no for this it was just me wow So that was really cool and rare yeah it was fun 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, you have to have yeah. you have to have a certain amount of uh, you have to have a certain amount of background and training in order to, to be able to do that stuff. You know, in oh, addition sure. to being in addition to being an actor, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody yeah. can. Yeah, I mean, I I have a lifelong background in dance, which set me up for martial arts. Uh, I went to an acting conservatory where some of the classes were stage combat and fencing. After that, I got into a stage combat and fencing group that did stunts for film and TV. So I was studying that while acting. Wow. And yeah, just kind of my background in picking up choreography and movement really lent itself to doing stunts. So you, what you're seeing really, if for any casting directors who might be listening, is that you <laughs> have been training to become an action hero all your life. It's that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me until more recently. But yeah, definitely. But, you, but you've been an action hero. We've seen you in The Eternals most recently. We've seen you in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a fair amount of action credits. Um, I think my look contributes to it, too, being sort of ethnically ambiguous. That's mm-hmm. like really hot right now. <laughs> um yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do. And um, I have a really cool duality of sort of soft and strong. Mm-hmm. Like I sound I sound soft, uh, mm-hmm. but I, my presence is stronger and I move real strong. So that offers a cool little duality there. Well, to be able to dial back and forth between the two, you know, I'm, uh, as an mm-hmm. actor, do you find... Uh, do you find yourself able to uh, handle a broader range of roles because of that duality? Oh, definitely. Yes. I mean, to be able to kind of like turn up the volume on one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel also too, just the body awareness. Mm-hmm. No, so even if it's a role that doesn't involve action, um, just the body awareness and just being able to use that tool as another, um, you know, another tool in my toolbox as an actor is very I grew up not realizing how advantageous that was but like classmates in my conservatory would like really have to figure out like what to do with their bodies or like how to move on stage and I just really took it for granted my whole life so coming into that and like being like really confident with that and using that as a selling point has been crucial to getting work for me so when you when you work out a scene when you're blocking out a scene are you uh mm-hmm. are you very consciously using this uh this part of your palette of, you know in your toolkit for for figuring out how your scene is going to go Yeah I mean oftentimes you'll get to set and you don't have a lot of like if it's TV or film you don't have a lot of rehearsal you get um, like a camera blocking rehearsal where you go to set, you say, oh, hi, I'm <laughs> Megan. You meet the director, you meet the DP. And they're like, okay, let's run through this scene. And it's just very, say the lines, let the DP, who's the director of photography, the person running the camera, know what the scene is. They set your marks. You have to hit this spot on this line, this spot, do this action on this line. And they just reel it very te- run it very technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go away and you get dressed and then you come back and you shoot the scene so to be able to like remember that choreography it's choreography in a way mm-hmm. and it really then is. not only just like be there technically but then you have to like absorb it into 
the work you're doing is the character and own it and not make it look technical. Um, that takes a lot of practice. So yeah, the training in dance and stuff uh is helpful. (laughs) Where do you, where do you stand? How do you stand? Which weight, which leg do you put your weight on, you know, at a certain moment, you know? Yeah. Or if you're kind of dancing with it, there's a camera movement where, Uh you know, we're going to follow you around. Like the camera's not just still. Right. You have to kind of like be playing with your scene partner, but in a way playing with the camera operator too. Mm Because if something changes, you're the godsend if you can adapt. Right. Oh, Versus like, like, like cut, they, let's go again. Like they uh, uh, they go through the scene and they realize that the camera needs to be able to see over your shoulder at a particular point in the shot. Yeah. And, and yeah. you have to like dance for the camera without looking like yeah. you're dancing. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat stuff. It's the, fun. It's very neat. <laughs> it's always something different, too. It's always uh-huh. like you can't prepare. I mean, you can prepare yourself the way I have in my life, but you never know what you're going to get when you show up. So that's the fun part. So this show is a, a mix, sort of a mix of action adventure and, and just screwball comedy, screwball comedy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're not yeah, getting to be very funny, well, except maybe in some, some ways that you're killing people. Right. Well, I love it because I'm like totally playing for keeps. Like I'm not trying to be funny at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a, the two leads jobs and a lot of the other people. So I totally get to play the straight gal in this. Right. Um, and the more straight you play this, mm-hmm. like Terminator character, the funnier it is. So, yeah. 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 Oh, you, you are definitely, uh, you are definitely their foil to, uh, to provide the necessary contrast to give the, the audience a foundation or a grounding in what's going on. Right. To like care about what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you uh, have you done a lot of uh, fantasy adventure roles in the past? Or is... Oh, I mean, there's been not as much fantasy. It's been more grounded action. The stunt uh-huh. stuff I've done, there's been some right. kind of fantasy elements to it, like some of the Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as acting, it's really been a lot more straight drama for me, not so much um, the fantasy sci-fi world, which is such a dream for me it's crazy so i'm just waiting for that to align and for that to take off that would be so fun well now that you've stuck a toe into the marvel universe i i see that coming i absolutely oh see that thank coming. you yeah they, <laughs> they they do not let talent go to waste not that i've That's not that i've sure. ever observed yeah so uh yeah. i mean like a dream of mine it's been a dream since childhood has been star trek any iteration of star trek uh, yeah Ooh. Well, they got them. Boy, it just seems like there's more every year. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's doing so well. I'm so excited for that. Well, and and okay. they they so. keep on the the great thing about Star Trek is that the opportunity is never over because they keep making more. So that's yeah. that's if you keep working at it, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's... I really wanted to bring back Q. I wanted to be like a new version of Q. I was like that the dream role <laughs> oh that would be fun that would be fun oh, and she'd I, be yeah. an awesome cue though <gasps> oh yeah yeah absolutely because <laughs> you know john delancey ain't getting any younger we love him but true yeah, yeah. we gotta we gotta reinvent some things right <laughs> uh-huh well he could you know he was the voice of um discord on <laughs> my little pony yeah. 
<laughs> I know. You, you got kids. You got my little pony at some point. It's I just, actually you know, only know that because I have a three-year-old. Oh, cool. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just um, kind of voice. Y'all, by the way, for your um, fan guest, guest of honor. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I, I just thought of that because, yeah. You read I used to that, go to huh? a lot of science fiction conventions as a kid. Oh, ah, so, yeah. Uh-huh. That was in my mind. We may have been at That's some exactly. of the same ones. That, it's entirely, Maybe. I mean, it it's was entirely like possible. to 96-ish uh-huh. I was going. Yeah? It went from like before I was one was my first convention wow. in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, throughout middle school. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's well, yeah. been since then. Yeah, well, you that's, can that's a the... hotbed of, of fandom activity, the, the Midwest. There's a lot of the, oh, yeah. uh, Indiana and uh, Indianapolis. Is, you know, you get a lot of the, the gamer cons, and then you've got Chicago, which is a, a very big hotbed of activity. Yeah, yeah. So what's the toughest role you've ever taken on? Which one challenged you the most? Oh, that's a good question. I This... Okay, this is interesting because it's actually my very first role ever out of school um, was a little indie film called Wasteland, and uh-huh. I had the I had the acting training. I just come out of school, but I had no set experience. I had so much scene study under my belt, and the hardest, the biggest challenge was trying to be the actor I wanted to be but with all these new technical uh, uh, and like time limit factors that we didn't have in school studying. So That's that was true. actually the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah, that was from uh, that was, so you've been at this a while now because that was from 2011. That was a yeah. big year for you from the look of things. I'm looking at the bio and uh Seeing it's that's kind of when you started your your companies. Oh, like my production company, like your your production company, your yeah, your 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 charity. Let's hear about the charity. Yeah. So yeah, our charity aim artists in motion was founded by myself and my friend Janine Tang, who we met each other at our theater theater company, and we were simply just wanting to do more charitable outreach, just personal personally, and. We're like, let's just try to do something once a month. You and I will hold each other accountable. We'll do it. And it was great. And we were just telling people that we were doing things. And they'd want to hop on board and do it too. And it became sort of like this um, not official (laughs) group of people who started doing charity events once a month. And then we'd like go out to eat afterwards and sort of talk about the experience. We found we really connected in a great way that wasn't around work. Um, or even artwork. It was more about the humanity. And that was really fulfilling and satisfying, and we wanted more. So we kind of made it official and started a group, and it, it was like more like a club at the beginning. And, yeah, we so our goal now is to mobilize volunteers to, uh, to help lend a hand to local charities, a lot of the smaller ones that don't get national attention um, because there's just so much... There's so much to do in LA. There are so many. Yeah, people there's so many needs. Causes, <laughs> so many just down the street, you know, and uh, it can be either really heartbreaking. I just, I had to learn how to put up a screen when I first moved to LA, 
like every time I get off the off ramp, just like people asking for money, I'd like literally break down every time. I was like, I have to learn how to put up a screen, but I also have to learn how to take it down because you can't live in isolation. So this group has been able for me to to safely do that and to find an outlet to actually help where I can in the smallest ways, you know. What uh, what charities have you helped lately? Um, COVID like made it really hard for us because we were doing a lot of in person things. But, yeah, yeah, um, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> you know, it definitely took the wind actually, out of everybody's sails. Yeah, yeah, um, and a lot of charities are still trying to figure out how to get volunteers involved that's not just donation-based, like money or, or goods, in a safe way. So that's been our, our run-in recently with charities. But we've put, helped a place called Home, which helps underserved kids. Um, it's like an after-school program. Mm-hmm. Um, Hathaway, um, Hathaway Sycamore, which is the same, does the same sort of thing. Um, Hollywood Hearts was one that we helped for seven years in a row they're fantastic. They bring children, uh, mostly teenagers, from all around the world who are either infected or affected by HIV/AIDS to this really great, like, week-long summer camp in Malibu. And they get to do all these arts programs all week long, and then they do this huge kind of recital at the end, and it just gives them that sort of, you know, intense focus on art to meet other people who are suffering from suffering or dealing with the same things that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So we would come in and we do their sort of meet and greet night, break the ice and just be really silly and play games and just say, Hey, we're going to just play all week. We're just a group of us artists that are doing this professionally, reaching out to these kids who are interested in doing that with their lives. I see, I see a common thread running through all of this. (laughs) Do you? Yes. (laughs) Your acting and your performing and your compassion for others seem to be inextricably linked. Uh, yeah. She is the hero, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and I, I have a feeling that your connection with other people is what brought you into acting in the first place. You, yeah, you are, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I was originally going to study psychology at Berkeley mm-hmm. um, out of high school, um, thinking that that would fulfill that need. But I didn't even, you know, you're 17, 18 at the time. It's like, I don't know, what sounds cool? And that just kind of spoke to yeah, yeah. Well, you, you <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah, you're looking at, at that age, you are looking for your joy, the things that make you happy, yeah. the things that make it worth getting up in the morning. And for, exactly. Yeah. Nobody named it that for me either. You know, they're just like, check the box. What do you want to do? And I was like, oh, well. I don't know. I think abnormal psychology is just the preparation for show business. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing an equity show at the time, a theater show in mm-hmm. Indiana. And the director was like, have you checked out um, this acting conservatory out there in L.A.? And I was like, no. Um, and so I checked it out and went and auditioned that summer. Uh, this was the summer before my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, that feels right. That feels right. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, change of plan. That's, that's great. <laughs> you, you found it. That's the, that's the essential thing. Yeah, how many people bumble around in life and never actually figure it out? 
So yeah. that is very heartening. But you love kids and you, <laughs> you have kids and you're about to have another kid. So we That's hear. Right. Congratulations. That's true, yeah. All the best Thank wishes. You. Thanks. Do you guys have kids? One. Yeah, I've I've one. yeah, I've I've got one myself and yeah. he's uh he's in college now. He's taking uh computer classes oh. and discovering that this lights his fire. So Okay. Yeah, and yeah. the 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 school by by internet is actually working better for him than school in person. So, you know, it has to be right for somebody. <laughs> yep. That's the, the kind of person who's into computers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So. My dad's a computer programmer mm-hmm. and my mom's whole side of the family, they're all scientists in some wow. way, shape or form. Wow. Yeah. So it's definitely like taking a departure from that, <laughs> but still influenced by science. Well, science everything fiction. is influenced by science. I mean, you wouldn't have yeah. have movies if someone hadn't developed, you know, chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and then CGI, you know? Yeah. Kodak mm-hmm. black yeah, and white, tea green, negative emulsion, you know, all of that stuff. All the stuff that Yeah, all that stuff you learn in film school. <laughs> isn't it, isn't yeah. it, don't you find it uh, uh, odd that nobody actually, they, they say shooting a movie, you know, like, I'm going to make a film. No, you're not. You're going to make something digital. Nobody's laid yeah. hands on film in this industry in the last 20 years. No, no. I hope they don't change that, though, because there's something great about the roots. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to, 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 it, it's great to work with actual motion picture film if you ever get the chance. Uh, you know it, what? I different. shot, I worked on um, uh, Jack Reacher. And they shot it on film. Oh, really? And I, it was awesome. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, uh, That's okay. why it's I, so different. You know, it's got a different look and feel. Uh huh. You know, you it's can't. The you grain can, of it. You can't get that Martin Scorsese look, and unless you're shooting <laughs> on actual film negative. Yeah, they probably yeah. had to dig up yeah. people older than us to run the movieola <laughs> to, <laughs> to cut the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, Speaking um, of but that, you are making back to you, are, you are making films. You, you know, go go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Oh no, I was just going to say like, like for instance, using the word film, the uh-huh. word role. Like, what's your role in this? Do you know where that comes from? No. No, I don't. It's from back in the Elizabethan era during Shakespeare's time, um, actors were given their dialogue only on little scrolls of paper. They weren't given like a whole script like we get today. And so they'd literally take this scroll, this rolled up piece of paper and hand it to each actor. Like, Here's your role. As in like R-O-L-L, like a roll of paper. Oh my God. And yeah, that's where we get it. We'll I had that no term. idea. Boy, and I've done Renaissance yeah. drama. They didn't do that for us. Might have worked better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. Yeah. Well, that's we have all learned something today. I'm and spelling was optional in those days, so I'm not even addressing mm. the, the way it's spelled. Well, as contrasted exactly. as contrasted to being on a roll, <laughs> or which a is troll on a roll. Hmm. Yeah. I I was um, I was on a roll earlier this morning, but and and then I got up and realized oh. that I still had butter on my pants and and uh, had to go change my trousers. <laughs> I am so not going there. <laughs> 
Welcome to Dumb Dad Jokes Hour on on, on Sci-Fi Dot Radio. <laughs> so, <clears throat> meanwhile, back at, at uh, film and video production, Five Fingers Media, an independent production company. Tell us about yeah. that. Is that still yeah. going on? Are we taking a baby That's break? That's still going on. We. It's actually funny. I had my first kid in 2018, mm-hmm. and during her first year of life. So in 2018, I wrote me and my writing partner who's in the production company wrote our first web series. And then we shot it while I was like nursing my four month old or something. And we just like threw her in the web series. (laughs) But then since then, um, there's five of us and within the five of us on the production team, there's three families there. Uh, since then we've all had children. (laughs) That's so that's, that's great. Been, well, it's going to be like 15 fingers soon, right? As they grow up and you'll <laughs> right. enlist them in front of the camera. Or, or yeah. you know, punching buttons on the on the recorders or whatever. I mean, you know, <laughs> we can have... So you have now taken your first steps into writing. How do you feel about that? What do you... I feel like an imposter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly. You know, um, you're you're certainly not yeah. alone in that one. Yeah, lots of lots of professional uh, writers, very good ones, still have that problem. Yeah, do I like, mean I have that problem as an actor too? Sometimes I'm just uh-huh. like, just don't, just you know, don't let them know. Just get by, get through this day, <laughs> pull their leg one more time. <laughs> but yeah, with the writing, it's very much like it's something I do on my own and you know you have nobody holding you accountable unless you're like you have an agent and a publisher and they're wanting pages and like that's not that's not where i am so it's like you have to you have to really push it along if you want to make something or get people who are going to hold you accountable like my writing partner so -hmm. that's been helpful that's been that was a big change going from i just write on my own in my own time and haven't produced anything to having a production company and people like, okay, if we're shooting this, where are the pages? What are we doing? Yeah. Deadlines. So, deadlines will make you yeah. accountable. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Like- and when you know people you love are like putting their skin in the game, it's like, uh, I gotta step it up. Yeah. No, no pressure or anything, but you know, but your yeah. <laughs> dad or your husband has just invested $20,000, you know, or whatever exactly. it is. And now you've got to make, yeah, good. now you've got to make good on it. But that's mm-hmm. where the real uh, and, that's where the power in Hollywood is now in uh, uh, in what in money? No, in television. Oh, it, it's uh, in, in motion. Creating your own content. Yeah, in creating new content. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there are something like five hundred different television series on uh, video on demand or or, or uh, you know Strange. on TV TV uh, channel television mm-hmm. channels. Uh, there are more opportunities for screenwriters now really uh to take control of their own destinies than there have ever been before there's so much crud out there it might as well be our crud (laughs) bingo (laughs) you know that's what we want to hear we want to hear real people's crud yeah sure you know diverse crud Mm -hmm. you know instead of some formulaic pardon the expression crap uh it might Mm -hmm. as well be your stories you know, something, yeah, and there's something, so much good real. stuff that's coming out that, you know, like even Insecure, like Issa Rae's Insecure, has oh, started yes. off as a YouTube show. 
you know, that mm-hmm. blew up and that was, you know, girls and all that. And that just started off like, well, we're going to make our own little web series. Became a big deal and like really changes the landscape for, I mean, I just named two female writers, but like that's even big too. Getting more voices of color and gender and, you know, just all different walks color of Color and gender. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And, uh. Yeah. The, the great thing about it is that once, the more you do it, the more, uh, the more other people that you meet who are trying to do the same thing, you get a synergy going and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you don't have to do it yourself. And th- thank God you don't because nobody can. So I, I'm right. Exactly. You know, right. We go into the fire in this art world, like we're all alone, but it's not true at all. And to just know that we're all like fighting the same fight and we're all here for each other is great. I mean, that's why Five Fingers is so great because usually production companies, uh, narrative production companies come together for a specific project. We all exist and we're looking to to write, curate, shoot our own stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's that kind of, yeah, that synergistic thing that you were saying. People, this five fingers of one hand coming together individuals coming together to do one job it's like that that makes it an experience like a memorable lifelong experience not just like a credit on a resume and you become and together you become more than the sum of your parts and things are possible that would never have been you you put it all together and you get something way more than uh the additive work uh, uh that you could have done separately it's just a, it's yeah. a marvelous thing. I'm so glad you're doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's it's a thank it, you. Art is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you uh, used to go to science fiction conventions as a kid. What were what was your favorite stuff? I mean, Star Trek, obviously, but Star Trek. Um, gosh, as a kid, I mean, as a kid, being there, it's the fantasy aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just. I to this day I actually just posted this on Instagram the other day which is so funny um, to this day I've always wanted to play an elf okay like, I, huh. my mom has pictures uh-huh. of me when I was like two or something at a sci-fi convention with elf ears on um, and a whole elf outfit and she tells me they were actually like Spock ears but we tried to play it off as elf ears and mm-hmm. they're not that um, different rather no no um, so that's like that was my the best time was I just remember visions of you know just elves running around and I, I don't know the fantasy of it all seems so that's what you do when you're a kid right you're sure just, uh-huh. that's where your mind is anyway so it's yeah, like and then you grow up and there's there's like Tolkien life. movies and that that yeah. Amazon's got that Tolkien based TV show I mean it could happen yeah Amazon's so, working right. on on that. Uh, it's uh, it's supposed to, it's set in middle Middle Earth, but it's supposed to be like three thousand years. Yeah, before Frodo. So before Frodo. Before. So it's mm-hmm. the 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 early days uh, before the other races came along and mucked it all up. <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's. I love it. Yeah. So there's your money. <laughs> it's be yeah. So there's still all sorts of opportunity. You know, as oh, as yeah. you, for you, but never give up on your elven dreams is all we're saying. Thank you, thank you. And actually, on Bright, uh, a Netflix movie. Oh, that's Will right, Smith, that's right. Joel, 
Edgerton. You I actually to- doubled, I was in stunts again, but I actually doubled a character that was an elf. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is my dream. And then my mom was like, no, no. Your dream is not to double the elf. Your dream is to be the elf. And I was like, well, mom, I'm pretending every day that I go to work that I am the character. So don't take that away. From hey, me. they're paying you to be the character, just not the whole t- time. But there's supposed to be yeah. a sequel. They keep promising a sequel. They hasn't gone into production yeah. yet, but there's supposed to be a bright two. Yep, it's true. Get your agent on that. Yeah. Well, I know the director, so it's fine. Well, there you go. Oh, well. <laughs> Better will... still. Huh. Of course. Even better. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, that would be that would be a definite <laughs> definite advantage. I loved Plus. Bright. It was kind of yeah. like Alien Nation. Only you know, it was a very practical you know scenario of orcs and elves and. You know, yeah, I, you think yeah. you think we have race problems now? <laughs> yeah, I still. Exactly. That's that's one of the films on my to do list. I'm half, Dude, I have to see that. I have not did, seen it yet. How did I see that and you not see that? I don't know. Sometimes you watch movies without me, sweetie. Oh, I, got, I try not to. Unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. I think that was Netflix's first film. Actually, it was. A, it was early. It was, yeah, it was really one of their, it was yeah, certainly it was. one of their first ones. Because otherwise, the they were ones. just you know carrying other people's films. But this was the probably yeah. one of the first Netflix originals, and it was boy yeah. was it original. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith is so good. He's just funny, funny. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's got an amazing legacy himself. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah, so your character in Medical Police. We keep, which, we, we keep okay, coming yes. back around to that I'm, because we just watched it. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> giggling yeah. over the, the whole premise of it in the first place. But your character is you're, just. I don't know. She's listed for five episodes and we haven't seen the fifth. So she may die horribly in a very oh, yeah. silly way. <gasps> well, the yeah, last episode, know. you'll find yeah. out. Oh, okay. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we've got to watch the rest of it. And actually, we shot some. We shot some alternate endings. So just in case there was a season two, so that's kind of fun. Oh, well, oh. that could be fun. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there might very well be, you know, because like Police Academy ran. There were seven films of that. Don't ask me mm-hmm. why. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe more than that. I, I don't know. I, 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 I know there were at least seven. Uh, if anybody, I know it had a hard time. Like the reviews on this one, they had a hard time taking this. I mean, when it was uh, Children's Hospital, it was such short form, you know. Yeah. Um, some of the critique was that you can't take this short form kind of comedy and extend it an hour, like it loses its steam. I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was funny the whole way through. Yeah, so. you, know, you say that, but you know, Police Squad was a TV show, and then it was a movie, and no one seemed to have a problem with the movie. So, mm, meh. That's true. These they're just jealous. Mm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Those who can't do critique. Yeah, it's so unique. You know this this kind of comedy on Netflix. I feel like it's really unique. So there's a there's a whole demographic, a whole bunch of people who liked it. Yeah, it's it falls very firmly into the. Uh, uh, into the Police Academy airplane groove. Uh, it's yeah, it's the, good stuff. Uh, yeah, um, pandemic comedy right now is either either you have to you laugh or you cry. You know, you love it or you hate it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm the kind of idiot who sat down and read the stand for the first time, just, you know, when the lockdown came down and going, what was I thinking? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to The Event Horizon here on Sci-Fi.Radio. Our guest is Megan Lay, who plays the big bad in the recently released Netflix comedy series, Medical Police. (laughs) I'm still giggling over the name. I'm sorry. (laughs) And you've seen her, her doing stunts in most recently The Eternals and other Marvel productions. Thank you very much for coming and being with us today. My pleasure. It was a blast. You have been listening to episode 231 in Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday, December 4th, 2021. Our guest this evening has been Megan Lay, stuntwoman in Marvel's The Eternals and the deadly agent Tran in the new Netflix series Medical Police. This episode will air again on December 5th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google, Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported science fiction geek culture radio, And the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi fandom radio station. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Trimbo. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schermeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry, and the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>